Hey, 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 this is Janet Dalglish and welcome to the Empress Zone. I help smart, rebellious women like you get the most juice and joy out of their lives because you deserve joyful success, not success that's been achieved through struggle, sacrifice and misery. So if that sounds like something you'd like more of, listen on. Hello, my friends. Today, I want to explore a concept that's been coming up in conversation quite a bit within the conversations I've had with my clients and also um, in conversations with colleagues. Just in the last week or so, this seems to be surfacing as a as a sort of <laughs> trending topic, or at least it is in my brain. Hashtag trend. Um, and this is the concept of do no harm or be careful how you interact with the world in order to prevent harm. And so I want to I want to explore this specifically in terms of one particular kind of harm that we may do. So first of all, the the two kinds of harm that I think are not relevant to this conversation today. The first is harm that we do on purpose in order to create damage. I am 99% sure that most of us are not doing that on a regular basis as a kind of way of life, a principle of how we want to live. Uh, we might occasionally lash out, that's completely different, but this is more that sense of um, being willing to do harm for its own sake because some part of us gets a joy out of that. That's not what I'm here to talk about, the intentional doing of harm. I'm also not here to today to talk about unintentional harm that we do um, inadvertently when we um, <laughs> when when we dig an elbow into a bruise on someone's ribcage accidentally and, and it hurts them more than we realise. Um, or when we say something that somebody receives in a particular way and uh, that, that can uh, create difficulty in the relationship. That's an entirely separate topic and... Um, uh, and it's something I may cover in a, at a later date. But what I want to talk about today is the idea that sometimes in order to do the work that we came here to do, in order to be of benefit, in order to get a healing outcome, we might actually have to be willing to front up to the messier sides of life. We might have to be willing to get messy and bloody and meaty and to do something that we that our our, our inner self says uh-oh, you might cause harm. You might hurt someone's feelings. One of the things that happens very often in coaching where you know, part of the coaching relationship can be to challenge the client's concepts and being willing to do so in a way that might have them you know, not liking me for a short period of time. It's not really happened that anybody's just gone, well, she's a complete bitch. I'm never showing up to talk to her again. Um, and I have to be willing for that to happen if I'm going to do my work effectively. So let's explore this concept a little bit because I think there's a piece that, um, there's a, well, there's, a, there's a, a metaphor for this. There's a story that I can relate from my own childhood, which I think helps to clarify this enormously and helps us to come to terms with the idea that there might be a part of us within, deep within, which is capable of doing harm and which is of value. Because none of us wants to have a sort of um, a ferocious ectomy. We don't want to delete that part of us which knows how to um, cause harm for the sake of the, the benefit that will come out the other side. Because that tends to reduce our power. As the empress of your life, you want access to that as well as all the other stuff. We might call it our shadow self. We might call it something else. But 
whatever it is we call it, coming to terms with it is really important. So here's the story I want to tell you. And the reason I'm telling it today is because it has been incredibly useful for some of my clients this week. So it occurred to me I might as well share it with everyone. <laughs> so this story goes back years and years to when I was about 11 or 12 years old. And my family had moved from England to Australia, um, to country Australia. And my dad was a doctor. In England, he'd been uh, the, the family doctor in a village in Kent. Very sort of midsummer murder kind of um, typical English country life. Now we were living in Australia, very different. Um, it was much more robust. My dad was the only doctor for 50 miles around. And there was this um, spirit of adventure and playfulness that I really hadn't ever engaged with when we were li lived in England. So one of the ways that that, ha that, sh that that showed up was in England, I would never have gone barefoot outside. Never in a million years. A, it was going to be too cold most of the time. And B, even though we were in a village, it was lots of pavements and roads and surfaces that aren't that comfortable underfoot. Now we were living in Australia and country Australia at that time, everyone went barefoot, especially the kids. Lots of adults too. Um, nobody wore shoes, especially in summer. So I was running around barefoot. We were visiting some people who had this big old Queensland type style house, which is big wide verandas all around the outside for to keep the, to get the cool breezes in and it was absolutely um irresistible i couldn't help but run on this thing now i have to give you a bit of a trigger alert a trigger warning here <laughs> the next piece of the story if you tend to be a little squeamish i just wanted to give you a heads up to say the next part of the story is not so much fun and usually when i tell it people pull you know those faces of Ugh. so Inevitably, as I'm running around this veranda, um, the the timber was not particularly in, in good in good nick. It was there were bits of it that were rotten, and of course the inevitable happened. I got a massive splinter in my big toe, and it was excruciating. The splinter was probably about an inch long, maybe three quarters of an inch long, and it was this rotting timber. So my dad had to get it out straight away. We were out in the country because we were visiting people who had, had this farm. We were miles and miles and miles from the nearest hospital. All my dad had was his medical bag, which was in the boot of the car. And so he got out his medical bag. <laughs> I, was old, I was old enough to understand how important it was that this splinter was removed straight away. That didn't stop me from pleading with him not to touch it, from pleading and begging him not to hurt me because I knew I, it was already really painful. I knew it was just going to get worse if he touched it. And he had to overcome his reluctance. I can't imagine what it took. Not only was this a, a human in pain, this was his own child in pain. And what he had to do was basically get my mum to sit on me as I was face down on a, um, a, a mattress on a, a hard surface, get my mum to sit on me and hold me still while he did the work of removing that splinter with whatever he had in his medical bag. So in hindsight, I don't actually know because I couldn't watch it, but I would imagine it would have involved a blade and some tweezers and then whatever it was he needed to clean up the wound and then be able to tape it shut. It wasn't big enough to need stitches because it wasn't that deep, but it was inc incredibly painful. And not only did he willingly do harm, cause pain, he did it to his beloved child 
And I can't imagine what that would have been like, except that I kind of can. Because sometimes, in order to do my work, I have to be willing to watch the client whom I love, because I love all my clients, I have to be willing to watch my client. I have to be willing to take them to a potentially painful place in order for them to clean out the wound, to do the healing, to do the pro- to begin the process of recovery. And I think all of us have that in ourselves. I think it's it's an act of immense courage to be willing to do harm for the sake of the the greater the, the good outcome, the the healing outcome or whatever it might be. So my invitation to you is if you're looking at your life as this empire to ask the question have I allowed that particular part of me to live its truth to be willing to step forward to come out from behind the sort of the come out from behind the bushes come out into the light and also be there like I said this is nothing to do with intentionally causing harm because it's fun no And it's also not to do with inadvertently causing harm through clumsiness or negligence, which we all do because we're human. This is this very specific idea that sometimes in order for people to get the best value from what you do, whatever that might be, and that doesn't just mean the things you do for a living or the things you do for work, but the things, the way you live in your, in your world. So whether this is denying your child, (laughs) your toddler, the joy of chewing through an electrical cable or um, denying your teenager the joy of doing something they want to do that you don't believe yet they're ready for. Whatever it is, whether it's working with client, etc., finding that place in you that's willing to say, you know what, um, this might hurt and it's totally the right thing to do. It's totally the valuable thing to do in this moment. So that's it for me. I hope you enjoyed my little story about my spleen. Oh, by the way, my foot got completely better. I didn't have any infection. So whatever my dad did, he did a great job and um, I recovered perfectly. (laughs) All right, talk again soon. Thanks so much for joining me today. I hope this was useful or fun or interesting. If you'd like to get in touch with any questions or comments, you'll find all my contact details in the show notes. Love you lots. See you next time.